Hello, Cornerstone. Um, I'm here with Salim from Musalaha, and many of you are familiar with the work that we do with Musalaha, and uh, Salim is going to share a little bit more about that later. He's also our uh, speaker this morning. And so welcome, Salim. It's good to see you. It's always good to see you. Thank you very much. I met Salim uh, a few years ago now, and he's actually spoken to uh, our groups when I come to Israel, and we have a good relationship. And uh, Salim and Musalaha are one of the four recipients of our Advent giving this year. And so Salim, I am excited uh, virtually to present you, let's see if I can get this in the screen as much as possible, present you with a check, a fake check, no less, for $10,000. I'm gonna see if we can kind of push this through the screen all the way from America to, look at this, to Israel. And there we have it, look at that. The magic of virtual connection. So um, we love what you do, and we're glad to be able to support you in this work this way. Thank, thank you very much, Cornerstone of Boulder, Colorado, for praying for us, supporting us, and especially in this season. Yeah, and you know, before, before you, uh, you give us the message this morning, I just want to ask you one quick question, and, and, and it's this. I know that you work at a grassroots level. You bring you bring uh, Israelis and Palestinians together um, and you work on reconciliation between the two. One of the easiest things to do in this world, right, is to reconcile those two groups. But you do it at <laughs> grassroots level. And so I'm curious why you chose to do it that way rather than to work with the two governments and try and reform them in some way. Well, because this is what Jesus did. He went to the grassroots movement. He didn't go to Jerusalem, to the high priest, to the upper class of the uh, people at Jerusalem at that time. He went to Galilee. He went to the fishermen. He went to the women. He went to the farmer. He went to the villages. And he walked all over uh, Galilee. But there is something more important than that. People in position of power don't want to let go they don't want to bring change and as a result in order to improve to bring to bring the goodness to all people we have found out that usually in most cases it's happened because grassroots movement bringing pressure to the rest of the aspect and positions of the society in empirical study from all around the world, we have found out that 80% of peace movements around the world happen by grassroots movement. And those small, uneducated, simple fishermen and women have changed the world. And today, 2020 years later, we are talking about them. We read about what they did in order for us today also to obey and to walk in the way that he called us to do. That's a good word. Yeah, it's very difficult to get people in power to change yes. the narrative in a way that leads to reform. People in power, even they know that they need to change, 
but position, privileges, and hierarchy make it very difficult to them to let go. And we see that in the political scene all around the world right now, especially also in my country and I think also in your country. Yeah, great. Well, we look forward to hear what you have to say. God bless you, Merry Christmas. And I hope to see you soon. I hope Israel opens up. I, I, would, I was trying to get there to be there now, but it's impossible for me to, uh, to, to get into Israel without quarantining for 14 days. So, yeah. Merry we're, looking forward, we're looking forward to see you. And also we want to extend our blessing from the place where all things have started. Yeah. God bless you. God bless you too. Thank you. Greeting from the city of Bethlehem where Jesus is born. Greeting to you at Corner Store Church in Boulder, Colorado. I'm going to share with you the message of Christmas from the city where Jesus was born 2,000 years ago and the event of his birth have changed history. But in order to understand the birth and the message of Jesus, I would like to give you a little bit background from that time, a background that we read about it in the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. Many times we read, but we miss the background. And the background is very important to understand how profound the message and the birth of Jesus. First of all, we read in the Gospel of uh, Luke chapter 2 that it was in the time of Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus is the first emperor of the Roman Empire that declared himself as son of God. He expanded the Roman Empire to a maximum uh, that it could be at his time. It was the most powerful empire at this time. But this empire with so many groups of people, Augustus wanted to unite them. And he wanted to unite them under the fact that he declared himself as the son of God, that he is the savior of the people of the empire, that he is the lord of the Roman empire. And every citizen in the Roman empire, in every aspect of his life, he needed to acknowledge Augustus as a Caesar. But not only that, it's another aspect that we read, that he ordered to a census to be uh, administered throughout all the Roman Empire. What that means? That means that the Roman Empire and the Emperor Augustus wanted everyone to go back to his place of birth. And everyone that go back to places birth need to register how much land he has, how much trees he has, how many children he has in order for the Emperor Rome to exploit the people. But there is another aspect that we have here. It is not far away from us. In Jerusalem, there was another king, King Herod, King Herod the Great. The one that rebuilt the temple, and the temple at that time was the most beautiful building in the Near East. People from all around the world wanted to come and to see Jerusalem and its temple. It is Jerusalem, 
it's a King Herod under the Roman Empire occupation, but also the temple, the place of the religious establishment, the high and the rich of the Israelite of that time. Here you have Mary and Joseph. Mary is going back to her hometown. What the people is going to say? Fear. Also, Joseph is fearful. So he is coming with a woman that is not married and she's already going to give a birth to a child. But there was another aspect in the greatness of Mary and Joseph. By willing and wants to be obedient to the call of God, not knowing what that will lead them to great things when they will arrive to the city of Bethlehem. But there is another group of people that we read about in Luke chapter 2, about the shepherds. The shepherds are in the field of Bethlehem with their sheep. And as they are with their sheep, they are very much aware that from one side is Jerusalem and King Herod's and the temple. They are the lowest class of people in Judea. From the other side, not far away from Bethlehem, there is a mountain that King Herod built called Herodion. It's an artificial mountain with his palace. So the angels appear to the shepherds and telling them the kings of the Jews has born. Go to Bethlehem. So fear overwhelmed the shepherds when the angel came and told them, go to Bethlehem. The king of Israel have born. But there is a king in Jerusalem. There is a king Herods. If we go to a place where another king was born, we are going to be in danger. We will be called rebellious. The soldiers in Herodian will watch and they will come after us. But the shepherd decided to break the power of fear and to obey God. Because fear paralyzes people. Fear causes people to shy away. Fear makes people passive. But here we see again and again how in the history of the world, how God is working, not in Rome, not in Jerusalem, not the high class and the elite of the religious and economic establishment of Jerusalem. And now we see how God is not working through Caesar Augustus or King Herods. They really missed the message. God is working in a small town of Bethlehem. God is working with the marginalized and the weak and the poor of the people, the shepherds. God even revealed himself, incarnate himself, not in a palace, his birth was in a place that was insignificant. But the act of God in history, Emmanuel, God coming with us, being with us in the history in the world, is calling us today again to break the power of fear, to be obedient to the call of God, to know that God is working in history, not through the mighty and the powerful, so those that love him and obey him. This is the reason we at Musalaha believe that we need to work with grassroots people. We need to work with the people that really 
through love and obedience to God will change the history. And the way it's been done, it's like a mustard seed. It's sound insignificance, look insignificance, but change things. It's like a yeast that will grow. It's a conquering darkness with light. And this is the reason we believe that by calling people to reconcile to God and to reconcile to each other, to love their enemy, to create a community of people from different backgrounds. We are moving in history, in love and obedience to the King Jesus and not obeying Augustus Caesar or King Herod. And now I would like you to watch a little video about our work of reconciliation. And I want also to wish you Merry Christmas from the town where our Lord have been born. She's my roommate. <laughs> I love her. She always came and visited me. Uh, okay, so wait, let's stop for now. So just start from the beginning, like how you met Riti. Oh, okay. 2000, I met her. Uh, she, uh, her name is Riti. Catherine and, uh, and I went on a trip with Musalaha ladies, and we were roommates. And we are enemies, you know? They are Jews and we are Palestinian. But we enjoyed that we enjoyed for the, for the time, that situation. After 16 years, when I got sick, they found it's very serious things, it's sarcoma cancer. I understood that she was sick, and I understood that she was in Israel. My family can't come to the hospital because there is no permission for them to come. And the thought that she was sitting at the hospital all by herself broke my heart. So I began to visit her again. And she brings very delicious aga <laughs> with her and start to cry in the hospital, pray with me. We became friends. We, we really enjoy each other. We, there's, a, there's a real love between the two of us. In my mind, I never imagined this will happen. Palestinian and Jew, but it happens, you know, through, through this, through love. Yeah. The Musalah is a faith-based organization to promote reconciliation first among the Israeli and Palestinian that have common faith in Jesus, but also to the larger community between Christians, Muslims, and Jews. Our mission is to bring the ethics, the principles of the kingdom of God into the context of our conflict. Tonight, there is outrage. The human toll is steadily rising. The conflict is one, if not the most current, common issue in the world press. The UN Security Council today called for an end to the fighting. There's so much hate everywhere. Destroy the Hamas. War can happen any minute. Hamas militants have fired nearly 700 rockets. Israeli tanks are awaiting orders to invade. It's a mess. Every few years we are getting into wars and it never ends.
Masalaha is an organization that believes in people. We need to love people for who they are, and we believe that people can change. You have to build the relationships and trust. It needs commitment, it needs time. We identify six stages of reconciliation. It doesn't start from stage one to stage six. Stages actually rotate. So when first time fail, doesn't mean it's the end. You have to try it again. We have groups that meet, we have trainings that we do, we do outreaches together. The desert is one of the biggest programs that we have. The desert is a place where people are listening to each other, they learn to trust each other. To really speak honestly and start to open our hearts to each other. My job at Musalaha is to organize the women's activities. I was happy to see how quickly we became friendly with each other, laughing together, dancing together, singing together. I like Musalaha group because I think it is very important. These women, they live in East Jerusalem and they never met Israelis. They never met us. All they met is the soldiers in the checkpoints. And for us, soldiers at the checkpoints are our children. It's a completely different world. Once a year, we do an annual trip. We want to enable kids to have this memory where they just remember themselves playing with Israeli kids or Palestinian kids. It's very important that the kids will not have uh, stereotypes when they're older, because when you're older, it's a lot harder to change your mind. And when you're younger, it's easier to see the other side. Before the camps, I didn't know anything about Palestinians, and the camps made me more compassionate towards Palestinian in my military service. My daughter came out changed. We're actually building a new generation to believe in peace. So you can imagine that um, there's quite a few uh, obstacles. The challenges come because many, many people, especially the Palestinians, when you talk about reconciliation, you think you're normalizing or you think you're giving your rights for so many things that happen to the Palestinians for the sake of reconciliation. On the other side, Israeli perceive us as a threat. The Jews want security, and there is more than anything else fear. I think we've been given an amazing opportunity to really walk out our faith in a unique way. And that's something that gives me hope. You must keep on dreaming, because otherwise what? So we'll now stay and start counting the time to the next war, like gambling, it will be this summer, no, next summer. What's better, to count the time to the next war or to dream? The stakes are very, very high. Human life is at stake. I'm going to live in hope. I'm going to live in love. That evil won't win, but that love will. We can live together. We can love each other. We can make peace together. In the end of the day, Jews and Palestinians are going to live with each other. The question, how we're going to live with each other, in which way, and how long and how many people are going to die and pay the price until we learn that lesson.